this week on Nintendo Main. We assure you, touching is good. Unless it's illegal in your country, then pick up and play. episode 56 we are your hosts i'm trey rub rabbits johnson i'm jeremy dsixl mccowski this is your place for nintendo news and nintendo related stuff as always how's your week been playing anything new i've actually been playing a lot more final fantasy 10 that's kind of what i've been into lately i've had that rpg that i've been wanting to play rpgs so yeah, playing that Blitzball. That's Blitzball, right? Yeah. They had a soccer-type game on there. I never played that game. I just remember watching our mutual friend Ryan play it in college. That's what I remember, too. Yeah, and it looked That's really and it looked really annoying. I'm not but I hope sports it's, yet. I hope it's not that annoying. Well, it looked, it looked annoying because of like the camera angles and the no... Uh, just it, I felt like he was getting random battles constantly, like when the glass oh, yeah, breaks. Oh, yeah, there's a random battles. Yeah. I've been playing. And the sun uh, and stick for fucking ever. Well, yeah, that was when they did that though. When it was like all about let's show the spectacle of the summons, and I think they still do. I haven't done any summons on Final Fantasy 15, but I think that they still take a long time on there too. If you can figure out how to do them. Speaking of RPGs, yeah. I think I'm getting close to the end of Dragon Quest 7. If I wasn't playing all the stuff for this week's episode, I probably would have been able to finish it today. I think. I don't know. All the shit's kind of starting to hit the fan in the game, and and I've defeated the the Demon Lord once. But I think I have to fight him again. So I have a feeling that I'm getting close to the end there. I was looking at my most played games on the 3DS, and I think uh, Dragon Quest Seven is third now, <laughs> with like wow, with like 80 hours or something like that. Ridiculous! It like rose through the ranks. You put a lot of hours in your your 3DS. It's 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 been a worthwhile investment. I did put a lot of hours in the 3DS. My number one is still uh, Animal Crossing, which has 100 hours on it. The New Leaf. Damn. So, and I think Pokemon X and Y is like two, is like number two with like 90 hours, something like that. Or, po- well, Pokemon X was the one that I had. That had a lot of hours. Did you ever too. beat, did you beat X? I beat X, yeah. I beat that one all the way. I never, I never beat Moon because I got distracted by other stuff, but I get back to that at some point. But yeah, hopefully, I, hopefully I'll have seven done by the end of the week and get to jump into eight. I've been trying to find a physical copy of eight because the temptation has been to download it, but all the stores I've been to have not had it. I've only seen seven. Oh, yeah, is it not around? I guess I didn't. I mean, I, I reserved mine, so I didn't. I really haven't looked to see. I don't think I, I don't feel like I've seen 7 in a lot of places either, though. So I figured those games are kind of released limitedly, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, you can still order it on Amazon, so I might end up doing that. But I've just been keeping my eyes peeled to what I've been out and about for it. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon still for new price and all that. I'm trying to slow my purchasing of games getting ready for the switch but i'm still spending a little bit of money here and there on pc games well sure we got all those humble bundles and stuff and steam right and that's I'm really sure everything's not that do. expensive so I'm, I'm keeping the cost down but i just keep adding more games that i have some that are really good that i haven't even really played yet yeah that i'm just waiting to play and i still have pikmin 4 for instance so i played that or pikmin 3 sorry <laughs> you have pikmin 4 hey yes I, I have pikmin 4 i picked it up we got it first details here at nintendo main for pikmin 4 we have it that'd be cool yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Switch is, um, was there was there much Switch news this week? I know there's a Kimishima interview, which kind of like 
just pretty much confirmed what a lot of people had said. He said that the yeah. he said the online was going to be between like sixteen and twenty something bucks, which is pretty good. There, I guess there are going to be different prices for it. Yeah, he's essentially saying it's going to be worth what you pay for it. We're going to provide a good quality service for that price point. Yeah. But he didn't really give any more details other than that. The price point didn't really even say exactly what it was going to do yet. Yeah. And he talked to what they asked him about re-releasing Wii U games. And I think he said, like, maybe, probably. It seemed like everything was uh, didn't really give full answers to anything. Well, he did say that, the, uh, that it was not backwards compatible, so it would have to be change to where it would run on the system well that to be converted essentially yeah i thought that was kind of i mean that's kind of a dumb question if you know anything about the system you know it doesn't have an optical drive i mean there's no cd drive on it so it's not going to play discs it doesn't have a disc drive you know unless for some reason it's only got man that would be that would be bad (laughs) if it had a disc drive yeah built into the actual handheld would be like the psp all over again right yeah even worse yeah because that was a main issue with that was loading times because of the disc Unless somehow you could attach a disk drive to the dock, and even then, people are really going to want that. Going to have to want that feature for to be able to sell it. Yeah, it's. I don't see a whole lot. I think they're going to be better off just re-releasing the games as Switch titles. Yeah, I don't see any sort of advantage to adding a disk drive on there or having one to begin with. Stick with nope. cartridges and all that. Even though I thought when they mentioned cartridges, I was hoping that they'd be the same size as the 3DS ones, and that there was going to be a way where you could. You know, play your 3DS games on the TV and all that, but maybe that's what they were asking about more than the dis- than the Wii U stuff. But I guess that that's not going to happen. No we're further go- news, really, about the the touch screen and how that would be if there would ever be a two screen possibility with that system. Well, this next week, we're going to an event where we get to try it out. So hopefully, we'll get to actually see what the cartridges look like too. That would be cool. There's some pictures online of them. Yeah, I'm just interesting has like how what, you know what size they are. I want to kind of hold it in my hand. I'm sure it's about the size of a, the 3ds ones, maybe a little bit smaller. But I'm thinking. Yeah, I think they're a little smaller, and I think they might be a little more narrow. If I remember from what I saw, that's yeah. kind of what stuck out to me. Sure. Not as squarish. Was there any? Uh, right. Was there any uh, virtual console releases this week that you know of? I know that we're getting uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong tomorrow. Yeah, that's a really the, uh, Game Boy Advance one. Yeah, that's a really cool game. That's like the official or unofficial sequel to like Donkey Kong 94, you know, on Game Boy Advance. I remember watching you play through that game all the way. It has it has a really cool like ending to it. And it has all that ridiculous yeah, gibberish in it too, <laughs> where Mario's like, da 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 What he's for, what he's doing right Yeah, it, it was a lot more fun than I expected it to be. Cause I, I remember there being a moderate amount of hype about it on IGN, but it still wasn't really, I don't know, it didn't look like my kind of game. But it's a lot of fun once you get into it. So I'm definitely going to be downloading that one. Does stuff that Wii U? Because I, I do not own it. Yeah, I, I mean, I was playing my Wii U a little bit this week. I played some uh, Xenoblade. That was interesting. Oh, you went back to the Xenoblade. Give us, give us a Xenoblade report. September, I think. Uh, I mean, I didn't do a whole lot. I just flew around for about twenty minutes and fought some dudes. Yeah, I still have to like save up a bunch of money, and I need to figure out if there's any way to get more probes. I need to get some better probes. Oh yeah, I was gonna say you can you can raise money by leaving it on and not playing it. That's what I did. Just like leaving the game on and just let your money accumulate from like what you have your mining structures that you have set up. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna have to do because I need millions and millions. I think that's. I mean, I, I said before that was partially why I thought there was so much so much hours on there was because I left it on like to try to raise money to buy new scales. But yeah, I still have it work pretty well. Yeah, somewhat. I mean, I'd, I'd raise like a couple million in, in an hour or so if I left it on. Like, just let it go. Is Yoshi and Poochie's Woolly World out now for the DS? It, it is out, yeah. I think it came out last Friday. Okay. I think we know. I don't I don't remember if we mentioned that last week, but if we didn't, it's I out. I don't think we It's did. out now. 
I yeah, tell you, you haven't bought that because you don't really have a reason to at this point. I already have it, yeah. But I do kind of want the Pucci Amiibo, but I haven't seen him around. But I haven't really looked for it either. Yeah, the Pucci Amiibo is adorable. I thought the Yoshi Amiibo was adorable, but it's got nothing on the Pucci. Pucci is much more adorable. 100% more adorbs. Totally. <laughs> and I wonder how his chip works, if it's like in one of his feet or if it's in his belly. You have to like push him down, push his legs down. It should be in his maybe tongue. Maybe it's in his butt. Oh, maybe it to, is in his tongue. You have to touch it. You have to lick the NFC yeah. spot. <laughs> it's probably in his butt, though. That's where that's where Yoshi's was. Real important news this week. Uh, <laughs> NFC, where are they? In the butts. You in hear the butts. You, you hear it here on Nintendo Main. <laughs> oh, I saw I saw that uh, the guys with the guys who made uh, Square was talking about uh, Switch for a minute. They said that they oh, had yeah. they had no Final intention of yeah it's impossible. Yeah, they they said they had no intention of bringing it to the Switch, but they said they're interested in the Switch, so I guess that says that it could be a possibility. I figured if it was, there were people that were accusing him of uh, kind of shitting on the Switch a little bit by saying it was like for running Angry Birds or something like that. Oh, (laughs) well, it can it can probably run Angry Birds. Yeah, but not Final Fantasy fifteen. No, well maybe I don't know. We'll have to see. We do hope for Square support in some fashion, and I imagine it'll be there. If nothing else, in some kind of virtual console since the full, I guess the full amount of games from one two switch has been revealed. There's like 28 of them in total. Oh, okay, and That's the, way more than I thought. And the um, the game that I was talking about last week, which I called the Harry Potter game, is called Wizard. But yeah, I was right. There's a Harry Potter game on there. The one where you like point the Joy-Con at each other, and whoever points the hardest wins. But here's the list of the 28 <laughs> games. There's Quick Draw. We've seen that one. Milk, eating contest, ball count, samurai training, ping pong, safe cracker, copy dance, sword fight, wizard, telephone, shaver, runway, soda, baby, Joy-Con rotation, liar dice, and beach flag. I think you said earlier before you were recording that you saw something about a baby one. Maybe that's the one. That is one the one. Switch. That is the one. Oh, what no, did, it's real. I was hoping it was fake. What did you see about that? <laughs> Um, it was just, it was a lady standing in a room with a crib, you know, it was super creepy and like, because she was holding the switch like a baby in a, in a blanket and there's a baby's face on the screen and she was rocking it to get it to stop crying. And then she set it down in its crib and walked away and then it started crying since she walked away. That's right. So she came back and picked it back up and started rocking it again. It's the sequel to Nintendogs, Babies. We have, we have it there. Babes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Babes is later in the show. Well, I guess it's Sega Babes, but I saw this. Some guy apparently has been waiting, has been waiting in line for a month to get the Nintendo Switch. He's record, recording videos of himself. Yeah, smart dude. He's got a. Uh, he's definitely starting to get noticed. And I, what he's had pizza bought for him now. Yeah, he got like a free but, jacket uh, too. What's that? Somebody gave him a jacket. Yeah, so he's already getting free stuff, and so he's turning into like his own like promotional thing for like other people too. And that's smart. He probably won't have to pay for his Switch by the time he gets to. That's what uh it will our friend of the show John who's been on who's been on before he was ahead of the curve he as I mentioned before he and uh, he and my friend Jesse they uh, camped out in front of Best Buy for like three days maybe he should have went for a month <laughs> to buy the Wii on on day one maybe we would have got more promotion plus this was on like North Avenue in Chicago it wasn't like downtown or I I don't know where this guy's at is he in like New York like by um I don't remember I was uh, checking out yeah. But it, yeah, he was a uh, John was ahead of the curve there. They nobody gave him anything other than uh, grief for basically sitting in front of the Best Buy and bothering everybody that worked there. Not that he personally bothered them, but 
sure they threw fits about it. I saw somewhere somebody saying that. He's Ken- at, yeah, he's in New York's Nintendo store. Yeah. So I figured he's he's somewhere where people are going to notice him, you know. Like, we, they were lined up in front of the Best Buy, not, like, the Nintendo store. Whereas if the Nintendo store, then maybe that's going to get a little bit more coverage. Did you see that Castlevania, like, might get a Netflix show? I did see that. <laughs> Is that going to be real? I hope it's uh They should do an anime one. I mean, that's that's what I would like to see. A Castlevania anime show. There probably is one already in Japan, but I don't know if they're planning on doing it live action or what, this one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it would make the most sense to have it look kind of like the, you know, the art of the game rather than the actual pixel art. You know what I mean? The the other art that they have within the menus and stuff. So that stuff's pretty, and it would look really nice if it was animated. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, like a lot of the artwork on those look good. Like the covers and what you see like in the instruction booklets when they were instruction booklets it doesn't and like the pause menu you'll see you'll see a picture of your character yeah (laughs) yeah it doesn't say anything about whether it'll be live action or animated but hopefully it's hopefully it's animated if they are doing it but i mean you know where's that zelda netflix series at that they said they were going to do i haven't heard anything about that ever since i haven't either maybe it's still in talks maybe (laughs) they're trying to figure trying to figure out the right timeline for it there'll be some sort of like advertisement for for it within breath of the wild like on the sheikish slate you'll get little pop-up ads about zelda on netflix i hope so (laughs) i hope so i'd love some in-game advertising and breath of the wild please some billboards and stuff there should be some planes coming by that like spell out uh zelda netflix watch it now (laughs) hit the thing about sponsored pots people could pay to put their brand on the pots that you smashed it's good kind of advertising. Puyo Puyo Tetris got confirmed for an April release, so you don't have to wait that much longer to get another game on your Switch. Yeah, and I saw in the picture there was like little keychains. Do you get a keychain if you pre-order it, or what's it, how do you get that keychain? Oh, probably from participating places, I'm sure. Maybe yeah. from Best Buy or... GameStop. Maybe it's a pre-sale thing, or maybe it comes in the game, like in the box. That'd be cool. Uh, I don't know. I saw some... More accessories, nothing, just different cases and stuff for the Switch. I mean, more of that stuff's coming in the limelight. I saw, like, these really weird-looking, I don't know if you've seen them. They're, like, basically it looks like it might almost be, like, a foam rubber case for the for the Joy-Cons that just gives it, like, a controller shape. You know, you, like, put it in there, and it lays in it, and then it's got, like, it's like that becomes the center of the controller. Then it's got uh, grips and stuff on it, like a normal controller. Oh. Like- so, it's yeah, it's like an adapter to make it more like a traditional shaped controller as a single Joy-Con. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, it looked okay. really simple, but I see. So it gives like the little the little like cones on the bottom, like his handles yeah. kind of like sort of like the sort of like the classic controller pro did, like where it makes it more like a PlayStation controller, like that type yep. of thing. Yeah. That's interesting. And it would just make it easier to hold for people with big hands, I would think. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean we haven't we haven't gotten to hold it and see how tiny it is, but I'm guessing that it's pretty small. I'm not really Well and then one of them like they're not symmetrical, so one of them, like, the, the D-pads that are really, like, in the center of the controller, that might be kind of weird to use that one. Oh, you mean the con- control stick? Because I don't think they actually have D-pads. Yeah, that's what I mean, the control stick. That's what I was going to say. Like, I'm not excited to play uh, Street Fighter Two Ultra with that because I was never really, I never really liked doing moves with the control stick. But it looks like there's no way to, you know, to have the two controllers and use a pad for that. You'd have to use it together. So that kind of limits the two-player right out of the box. For that, oh, you for can't fighting use games, a pro controller on that one. Well, you'd have to buy a pro controller. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd yeah. have to get a, I'd have to buy an extra pro controller. If I wanted to do like two player, you know, like how it comes to two controllers, like in the Joy Cons, I'd have to get a different controller 
for like the Street Fighter one because I prefer the control pad. But I'll try it out. Oh, I did. I did finally figure out what model I pre-ordered. I'm kind of disappointed to find out it's just the gray one. Oh, you wanted the you wanted the other one, the blue and red or I did. whatever. I did, but uh, well, we can oh always, well, I got we, the gray one. We can always trade. I don't know which one I have, but if I get the red and the blue one, and you and you really want it, we could trade because <laughs> right. I. I, I think I mean, you can also fine. buy those joysticks separately. You so can if I buy a separate set of joy cons. I can get those, but for like 80 bucks. Um, right. Exactly. I feel like I'm just going to go for the pro controller before I get another set of joy cons. Yeah. And that's like 70, right? For the pro. It is. It is. Yeah. That's crazy. But it's supposed to be really, really nice. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Well, hopefully they'll have one that we can tell that we can try out. No, when, when we go there so I can see the niceness of it. I mean, I like pro controllers, but I have two of them. And I, I didn't want to buy any more, but I have to buy more now. You do. I do wonder if there's going to be because they said he said within that interview that there is no backwards compatibility with controllers for now. So yeah. I wonder if that means oh, they yeah, can he did update say that. that in the future if they can add compatibility since it already has some sort of Wi-Fi wireless technology within it. I don't know if that can be tweaked to work with pro controllers. From I don't know. Oh, It'd for be sure. great, but yeah, I think it just—I think I all it takes it's gonna is, happen. I think all it really takes is like a patch, though, right? To get that stuff going, you know, just some, just some sort of—I would hope so. Just some sort of update, and then it's good to go. I'm gonna be sad if my old Wii U Pro controller is useless. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't completely rule it out. Like, yeah, I'd forgotten that he said that. So that's a—it's a little ray of sunshine there, and <laughs> in hopes that we might be able to use some older controllers and especially for anybody who wants to play smash brothers maybe they can find a way to work in the gamecube controllers that would be great he also talked about different attachments as well but adding different stuff to the side so i still think that's going to happen where they do some sort of different controller thing oh right yeah just the the different models of controllers is uh joy cons well uh do you want to take a break then <laughs> unless there's anything else that we forgot about this opening part for news is there anything else you want uh to yeah about? sure let's take a break Alright. First of the third pillars. Yeah, the first of the many third pillars. And first so, of the many third pillars. <laughs> <laughs> that's the topic of our that's topic of the week for this week. And continuing our countdown to the Nintendo Switch, we're going to do another launch for you. This this uh, we'll talk about the DS this time, and its launch games and the launch of the DS in general. This, as Jeremy said, the first third pillar, the first in many third pillars. So. Switch in 21 days, 22 days. Is it 22 days now? From now? What day is it? <laughs> I think it's like the 8th or 7th. or It's the 8th. 20, 23 days. Yeah, 20-something days. Do you have any sort of, uh, do you have anything planned out for your Switch release? Are you taking the day off work? No. In fact, I'll probably get it right before i have to go to work on friday so i'll be coming home to play it that night but i don't know how much time i'll get with it that friday i wish i, I already i already wish i had set it up for the best buy like store pickup but i had them ship it to me yeah so depends on when when it gets delivered on friday when i when i have it but i also ordered my zelda through amazon and i'm hoping that i get that maybe i get that early just so i can look at it early <laughs> just so you can stare at it 
give just a, stare at it. Give your full details of uh, full impressions of box art <laughs> and what it feels like to hold a switch cartridge. Uh, Jess is taking off work for that day, so she can watch me play it all day. So that'll be cool. Wow! For Breath of the Wild, I might be able to swing it, but I am taking that Friday off to go play the Switch. So maybe that's just where it's going to get traded off. But in other news, <laughs> on topic, the first Switch, the Nintendo DS. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember when this first got announced? I feel like it was. It was 2003, it was right? When 2003. they first, yeah, when they first started talking about it, I remember them saying like some sort of two-screened thing, and I guess I never thought of thinking of the original like Game and Watch, which had two screens too. You know, I was like, oh, it's going to be some sort of weird-looking, you know, two-screen Game Boy thing before they actually showed actually showed it what it looked like. There was a lot of cool internet art too, and I, and I wonder if I could find any of that. That people made like mock-ups, thinking what the DS would look like. Yeah, I remember. And I've, some of them were just downright hilarious because they were just like Game Boy Advances with an extra screen unfolding yeah, on top of it. Yeah, I think IGN did like a really bad hand-drawn one that was just like the Game Boy and just two screens like above it, just drawn, you know, like for two DS, but it, or for the original DS. But I mean, if you saw it, there, there's signs of it in previous Nintendo stuff, like 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 Punch Out, the arcade game that had two screens way back when. And the Game and Watch systems had two screens, so this was already something they had they had tinkered with before before the actual release of it, but not touch screens. And, you know, that was kind of a big thing. And some people were spot on about it, but then there were also people that did the silly mockups. Like I, I'm looking at one right now, the Nintendo 8S, yeah. where they've got like eight <laughs> different screens that fold up out of yeah. a, what looks like a Game Boy Advance. That's yeah. pretty funny. Apparently, but yeah. So it wasn't announced early on that it was two screen. Like that's something that got leaked. I think there's like a, a leak that happened, but uh, they did say they were developing a third device that was not going to compete with the Game Boy Advance or the GameCube. Yep, and that was that, their first their first reference to the third pillar, as we yeah. said earlier. And, until they, um, it, yeah, until they put a slot on it to where you can play Game Boy games, which pretty much which is, killed the Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's like until they made it completely backwards compatible. Well, not completely. I mean, you couldn't play Game Boy and Game Boy Color games, which I was upset about. But still, like, and it was around the time of when the Game the Game Boy Micro released with the better screen and all that. But the DS had, like, a better screen than that or the other one, you know, that had the better screen. So it was, like, the best way to play yeah. a Game Boy Advance games. And that was what I did, was a lot of what I did when I got my DS for the first time because there wasn't a whole lot of games out. So I played a lot of Game Boy Advance games on it, and they looked fantastic. They looked better than I had ever seen them before. So, oh yeah, they, they kind of nice big, and bright. Yeah, they kind of they kind of killed the Game Boy Advance in that way, being like, uh, being like, well, you know, it's not going to be a third pillar, but you'll be able to play Game Boy Advance games on it. So it's kind of killing the Game Boy. But Advance. I don't, I don't really remember. I think it was more of a rumor that arose that it was going to be a touch screen, and that was that was something new that was not available on many consumer electronic devices. What like PDAs. Yeah, PDA. That's the first thing I thought of when it said that it was coming with the stylus. I was like, oh, like yeah. those old organizers that were so annoying from the '90s. So I guess what was it? The uh, was that the Engage that had a touch screen? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Like there was a game system that had a touch screen before that. Oh, did it? I, I don't know. I, th- I think it was the Engage. Uh, In addition to or its it was the Game of Con. I can't remember. It was one of those two. Yeah, I just remember the Engage was like a phone too, so it had like a hundred buttons on it. That all were like keypad. It's kind of hard to. So play maybe with. it was the Game Con that had the touch screen. Now that I think about it, and it was really bad. It was like a super low refresh rate and like very visible, like the the little dot marks on the screen. Oh yeah, that made it a touch screen. Yeah, 
Well, the GameCom was like black and white too, and it came out. I don't know. I feel like it was in the nineties, like late nineties, early two thousand. It was the early two thousands. Yeah, but yeah, that was it, it. Was not, and I remember people saying that, oh, it's going to look like that. It's going to look like where you charge your, you know, where you swipe your card at the grocery store, and there's like marks all over the screen with the stylus. Like uh, people were talking about that, or having like fingerprints all over it, and that it's going to look real gross, you know. But little did they know. Yeah, the touch screen was. I mean, it left its mark in a lot of different ways. It wasn't just. I mean, eventually, everybody, that would be the interface that we used for everything. Yeah. And it, little, little do we know that, like, the DS was getting us used to that as a concept. Oh, it was, that yeah. We, that would be using our fingers and, well, styluses in some cases to input commands into computer devices. Yeah. And it's something that I'm going to miss. I mean, I guess, well, the Switch is, has touch in some way, but we're not going to have that second screen. You know, the second screen was always nice. You could always just throw a map on there, and it, yeah. really, it really helps out for some games, especially RPGs. But uh, we, we showed it before in our video, but, you know, the, the mannequin hands that were sent out during the, was it the touch generation stuff? Yeah. I think that was around the time where they made, like, the cooking game and, like, Brain Age and all that stuff, like when the DS, like, fully took off. Did you, uh, I'm sure you saw the the quote from Yamauchi, which made me, which reminded me of the Switch. When he said, uh, "If the DS succeeds, we will rise to heaven; but if it if it fails, we will sink to hell." Yeah, the D- <laughs> what Yamauchi said. That's kind of like what I feel. How I feel about the isn't that like where we're at now with the Switch? I think so. I really he's, do. I think the yeah. Switch is the new DS in that regard. It's uh, a lot of people are comparing it to the Wii, but I'd say it's more like the DS. Or yeah. I guess it's like both, right? It's like the DS and the Wii. Well, it together. is both because it does have both kind of minus the dual screens. You know. Minus the second screen, which yeah. it does have, but not in a synchronous kind of way. Well, uh, one, another thing about DS is I didn't know that DS uh, stood for developer system also. It's another, yeah. another term for it. I think that's just something that one of the marketing guys thought of. They're like, well, we're calling it the dual screen. Why not uh, say the DS stands for other stuff, too? Yeah. Well, they they, they were probably trying to boast that it was easy to develop for. And it was half it came yeah. out with half the price of Switch also, $149.99, which isn't that bad for a launch no. game. Came with a demo of Metroid Prime Hunters, which I thought was pretty cool. Came with the first yeah. hunt, which was just kind of I think it had like one level in it, but if you managed to beat the level, you got to see a cool trailer for the game, like they played it played a video like when you beat it. And one interesting thing about that game in particular is one of the control styles, the one where you... There's one where you can play it on the bottom screen and, and like, tap to wherever you want to shoot. Like, that wasn't... That ended up not getting included in the final game. Like, the only way you could play that control style is, is in that demo. Oh, so, no, I didn't know that. Which is interesting. Well, I mean, I don't know why you I, d- I did have Hunters. I just don't... I don't think I ever actually had the demo, that demo, because I got my DS later. Oh, yeah. It was fun for what it was. I mean, it was just like a... You know, it's just showing, like, oh, hey, this is what we can what we can do with the system. You know, just kind of explaining the graphical capabilities of it, which was interesting. I mean, it was cool to have something to have something packed in with it. You know, even though it was just a little demo, but yeah, it was a little in you know, it was a little cartridge and all that. They uh, supposedly they left the Game Boy Advance stuff on there. I mean, well, they did it to use games, but it also was supposed to be you know used for attachments as well, which they did. Like they came out with the Rumble Pack that you could put in there. And my favorite thing was the uh, Guitar Hero DS. Uh, finger pad that you could put down there oh yeah that was like probably one of the most fun guitar heroes i think ever played was the ones on ds like they were really fun to do plus you had you had one less button so it made it a little bit easier i think it was like four instead of five but yeah you had to hold it real weird but it was fun though and you if, had you had a little pick stylus that you that you could play with it's like it's pick with the stylus on the end which is interesting had just a little had the little uh plastic nub but yeah did we mention i don't know if we mentioned the date i mean it came out uh, at the end of 2004 
the DS is. And did you you didn't get you didn't get one at launch? I did not. Uh, I just couldn't afford it, man. And it, I really wasn't sold on. You know, it looked cool, but I wasn't really sold on what games it had. And uh, I, like I said, I couldn't afford it. I was moving. I was in the process of getting ready to move, and I was pretty poor. Oh sure. Well, I ended so, up yeah, I ended up getting it for Christmas, so I didn't pay for it either. But or I couldn't afford it either. But it was, I mean, yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like all that expensive, like now with the launch, the prices that we see now, you know, because yeah. the 3DS was But like I'm sure with price, I'm sure it's closer to $200 in today's money, right? Oh, yeah, with inflation. inflation. Yeah, but still, I mean, it doesn't seem that bad. It was uh, it was super hideous right out of the gate, like the way they, decide, the way they designed yeah, it. Yeah, it was. The DS Fat was pretty, I don't know what they were going for there. Had some weird angles in there. I got the silver one because I think they were only, I feel like there was only that color in the in in america when it came out but yeah i got the silver one and it was ugly like i was very quick to get a to get a ds light like once it came out because that one was like yeah <laughs> so i ended up uh-huh. so i ended up trading in that one for for the for the ds light when it came out and when the ds light came out i the first one i bought had a dead pixel in it too which sucks so i had to take it back and get a get another one had dead, oh, pic- wow. dead pixels but, in the screen but you but did you buy this at launch where you oh no you got it for christmas that's right i got it for christmas but it came out like it came out at the end of November, so I got it fairly new. You know, I got it at the end of December. But both of my roommates at the time, Jesse and Tim, like they both bought one. So I played their versions of it like in the meantime. But when I finally got one, like we used to all play Picto Chat from our rooms, like <laughs> in the in the apartment, you know. Which yeah. is a cool like Picto Chat was a really cool thing that was included in there. You know, just like uh, and there were all these different rooms, like you could fit however many people in there and yeah, you could draw pictures to each other and send them and all that. I thought that was neat like that was not anything that had happened before so we did that i remember one time at columbia i was sitting in the in like the um it's not really like there's like a open area by the front it's kind of like a cafeteria but there's not really there's like a little restaurant and it's like the computer lab ish sort of thing and i was in there on my ds and i actually saw somebody on picto chat that i didn't know <laughs> you know it was almost uh it was almost internet you know I mean, because it had to be you know you had to be sort of close to each other but i talked to somebody on picto chat that i never saw who was in that computer lab yeah. somewhere. So that was cool. That was a cool experience. So there, that, there was a really revolutionary thing about the DS also that we would see and didn't even see in phones for a while, which was the built-in Wi-Fi that you could connect it to any Wi-Fi network. Yeah, that was Nintendo's, Nintendo's first foray into online, really. Like, uh, it also had Wi-Fi in the sense that it uh, it had local. It, it could communicate with that Wi-Fi without being connected to the Internet with another system, like you yeah. were saying, so, which made like PictoChat possible locally without having to be connected to the internet yeah it was interesting and it did that with games and well they ditched the um they ditched the link cable so you could finally fake and play games like wireless and all that now did it have i seem to recall that it had an ir port on it i don't know if it ever really used it but i think it had an infrared port did it the original one i don't think that the uh subsequent models did oh i don't know like on the top yeah Oh, it, it might have. It's been a while since I've. I mean, I don't have my the old brick. We should, call it, we should call it the brick because that's what I think the brick. What, no <laughs> called, yeah. That's the one I have too. Um, I my my brick is still a lot around. I don't own it anymore. I gave it to my siblings years ago. But yeah. uh, I lived in an apartment where we smoked cigarettes inside. Yeah, and uh, we'd had a party, and I, I imagine it was me somehow put a cigarette on top of the DS and. Melted a big old. It's got a big old melted spot on the back oh, of it. Oh no, that's awful. But it doesn't interfere with the function at all, and it works fine <laughs> still. Like 
you know, it's I bought it in 2005, so it's pushing 12 years old. Interesting story oh. similar to that. Like I was on my way to an independent movie I was working on and uh the main I was in the main actor's car and his car caught on fire on the way there and my my DS Lite was in the back seat and the um the carrying case that I had for it the front of it got burned. The DS Lite in itself didn't get burned, but it did get soaked with the fire hose and still worked afterwards, so that was pretty cool. Wow. Made it through the water. You still have that DS Lite? Yeah, I still have it. It's a little I mean the like the hinges on it are kind of cracked so it doesn't it's like a little flimsy like when you open it but it still works. Yeah, common it's a common the barrel hinge it's called. Yeah. Breaks on these things. I've uh So this is one of the systems that I've the DS Lite's one of the systems I've kind of messed around with a little bit and tried to like take apart and see if I can fix cuz I have I have 3 DS Lights and uh, they're all in different states of disrepair. They all work. Yeah. But there's only one of them that has a good hinge, and that's my DSi. And that one, the cartridge port doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> but the other two work just fine. They just both have, like, loose hinges. So, you know, they're still quite playable. It's just, it doesn't have that nice, it doesn't lock into place. And it's really, really hard to replace the uh, hinges and these things. You have to take the whole thing apart. Oh, sure. To, yeah. to replace them. Unlike on the Game Boy Advance that you could do pretty the SP, you can fix those hinges pretty easily yeah. without having to take the whole thing apart. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember having to wait in line or anything for this for the DS. I don't think. I don't feel like it was really gone like when it came out. Because I think I went with Tim to buy his, and we just we probably went to a couple stores and ended up finding it at a Best Buy somewhere. So it wasn't as. I don't feel like it was as like gone as the GameCube was when we talked about searching for that one. And it definitely not as yeah. much as the Wii was, you know, maybe later, maybe like the Christmas after they were, they were more sought after. Did your family find your, yours on their own? The one that you got as a gift? The DS? Yeah. They, they found it on their own. So it wasn't like, it wasn't really scarce around Christmas, at least as far as I know, I don't remember it being there. Cause uh, as I said, Jesse and Tim both went out and got one and it was, and they didn't have a problem finding it. Yeah, I think it was. I read online that it actually had a better launch in North America than it did in Japan. But Japan, the weather was kind of crappy that day, I guess, in a lot of places. So they think that might have been why. But uh, <laughs> didn't want to come. It had a the decent rain. launch here, but I don't think it had that frenetic like Wii level launch. Oh no! Or or what we're probably going to see with the Switch. Yeah. What? I, yeah. Do you think the Switch is going to be like the Wii or like the DS? I think it's going to be like the Wii. Oh, I thought it was going to be like the DS. <laughs> where you're gonna find them everywhere because i mean yeah people are talking about it but i don't know if everybody's really sold on it like friends of mine that i've talked to that i mentioned about before like i have a couple friends that don't play nintendo that want to switch and i've talking to talk to them lately and they're basically both saying like there's not enough out for it you know and they're waiting on it so it seems like a good amount of people are waiting on that so it might be more like the ds but who knows We'll find out. I mean, I know myself. If I weren't, if we weren't doing this podcast, I might have considered waiting. But yeah, I would have waited. I've just gotten we really, I've really gotten <laughs> caught up in it. Uh-huh. I've gotten really caught up in all the hype and just, just that whole like, oh god, it's it's available now for pre-order. I have to because I'm going to regret it if I don't do this now. And yeah. I think I would still feel that regret even at this moment in time if I hadn't pre-ordered it. Well, just yeah, because yeah. I would, I would be freaking out over whether or not I was going to be able to get one. Yeah. Well, I mean, with what I've learned from Amiibo, you know, you'll get it eventually, but you have to wait for a while. So you might as well pre-order it now because you don't know how long that wait's going to be. I mean, I still haven't seen any 3DSs on the shelves lately. So, you know, <laughs> that could be the Switch for and like the next year. That's classic. And you don't want that. Thing. You know? I keep I keep seeing yeah. people saying that they're they're on different websites and I'll go to them and they're already up and sold out. That's still happening. Yeah. With at least online ordering. Sure. 
So uh, let's talk about the launch games real quick. There was uh, there were there were eight games available for it when it. Well, I guess I guess seven if you count uh, if you don't count Metroid Prime. There were a couple around that came out around the time of launch that may have been on the day or not that I didn't actually play or make notes on. I was uh, one of them being uh, the Herbs, which I did play, which was basically a port of the Game Boy game, so I kind of just didn't bother playing that one. And the other one being Sprung, which I ordered but didn't but didn't come in time for the show, so I didn't get to play it. But I did play it before. But um, yeah, the ones that I, the ones that I went over was uh, Ping Pals, the Tiger Woods PGA Tour, uh, Madden 2005, Ridge Racer, Spider Man 2, Feel the Magic XYXX, and uh, Super Mario 64 DS. Which Super Mario 64 DS is still available digitally for the Wii U. And some people swear by that one above the uh, 64 game, which I don't know why. But, I mean, it's okay. It just, the whole no analog thing did, didn't really help it. But we'll get to right. that one. Yeah, some of, there were some interesting releases, like uh, Ping Pals, for one, which I thought was weird to sell as a game. Especially to a system that already had, like, PictoChat on it for free. To sell, like, yeah. basically a chat-based game. You know that works in like the local Wi-Fi that we were talking about earlier, but in PictoChat it's like a it's like a bigger version of or uh, Ping Pals is a bigger version of PictoChat, I guess. Like you have an avatar that you can dress up, you can buy different hats and hair and all this stuff, and you can customize your person. You can create rooms. You can have like up to like eighteen people or whatever at the, on at the same time, and you know chat back and forth in that way if that's what. If that if that's what you chose, you know, it was an interesting game, but I think that I think the Picto chat ended up hurting it, just because it's like, why should I pay thirty bucks to get this game when I already have a free version of it on the system? I mean, there's no. Yeah, I do to... wonder if they started development of that before Nintendo announced they were going to have their own client. Yeah, they might have. I mean, I'm sure they sent out dev kits earlier for these, right? Than <laughs> than they did for the Switch, which they didn't really send those yeah. out. I don't think. But yeah, they. I'm sure they thought of this once they heard about it before. I don't know. It's an interesting game. I, I picked it up for a couple dollars. I can't really do a whole lot with it unless I have other systems. But at least I got to play around with the um, avatar customizing and all that. The um, and Metroid Prime First Hunt, that came with the system. We talked about that. The uh, Tiger. I played the Tiger Woods game, which is actually pretty good for what it was. It was like all touchscreen controlled, which, you know, was something they were That's pushing weird. at that time. I mean, yeah, I don't think there was any game that was completely touchscreen controlled, but this one was. Uh, there were, You used sort of like a V motion to, uh, you know, to do your like swing power and your uh, fade or whatever how the, where the, where the where the ball goes the graphics look decent i mean the ds looks kind of like a somewhere between uh, playstation 1 and nintendo 64 i know the system didn't have the same texture filter that the uh, 64 had so you know so it looked uh, looked a little bit more like the playstation 64 but yeah no, there's something going on where it was like i read about this it was like the near, nearest pixel or it was called something like that where it just made everything look more squarish yeah but it looks it looks okay for what it is i mean i i played you know i played played a couple courses i'd say the co- the colors were brighter than the 64 oh yeah sure yeah, some of, some of it looks a little bit better, but they didn't have the they don't have the texture filtering thing, so it looks a look it looks a little bit rougher, like in that in that area. But the Tiger Woods game looks pretty good. Um, putting is a little difficult on it because it's hard to read the hard to read the green, and there's no way to really like pick your power aside from like you know yeah, moving because there's like a there's like a target that you move on the on the green to show like how hard you're going to hit, but it's kind of hard to gauge like what the power is for that. 
But for like first, but for like first day game, it's all right. And if you like those type of games, you can do like the ball spinning in the air thing too by like you know by like uh, touching the touch screen like to the left or the right to to wherever you want to put the spin on your ball to. So it's all right. There's some multiplayer on it, but I think it's multi cart. Oh. But I was I was impressed with it for what it was. You know, pretty much the same. They did the a similar thing with Madden. Said Madden's not fully touch screen, but they put all the plays on the bottom so you could like you know touch whatever play you wanted to do. And it also shows the whole field on the bottom screen like what button to push to to throw to whoever so i felt like that wow. made it a little bit easier you know it shows like where the guys are and it shows the team members as x's and o's like while you're while they're moving across the field to make it a little bit make it a little bit easier but yeah that's i mean that's a pretty impressive game for handheld i mean both of those were like the best like the best golf and football games at the time for a handheld you know like you had never really seen anything like that on the go so it's pretty interesting. So you're seeing kind of a variety of the way people were using the technology yeah. in these different launch titles. Yeah. Well, it's kind of kind of like, kind of supporting the whole developer system aspect that you know it was custom to whoever, or it was easy to develop whatever your interface was going to be. Sure. Yeah, I'm surprised they got games like uh, Tiger Woods and Madden like done so quickly. You know, just because of because you had to like really you know really cut everything down from console level to that. You know. Yeah, but I mean, I guess they, you know, they were they believed in the system, and I think they ended up making five different Tiger games, something like that. There were there were a bunch more of them that came out for DS, of course. I don't know how many more Maddens there were, but the Tiger Woods was uh, popular enough to make more. Well, and if you think they were, I mean, as far as I know, I think they were still making games for the both companies are making games for the Game Boy Advance. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. So they so could, so, so they it scale was just it up perpetual, like yeah. you know, let's just continue to. Con- just continue to support the Nintendo handheld because that's going well for us. Were there were there Tiger Woods Game Boy Advance games? There probably were. I'm sure. I'm sure there were. Yeah, I never really looked into it, but my personal favorite DS golf game. It came out later, but did you ever play True Swing Golf? I think it was a Nintendo. It was like some sort of yeah company under Nintendo. It didn't have the best graphics, but it had like incredible control. Like it was the best controlled uh, golf game I ever played on uh, DS. It was really cool. Like I remember playing the shit out of that later, and I never and I never played the Tiger Woods one until now. And it's, there was a Tiger Woods 2004 Game Boy Advance game. Oh, okay. And this is a 2005, so yeah. And I'm sure there was a 2005 Game Boy Advance also. <laughs> they kept the, the Game Boy Advance game. They kept doing it because they probably believed in the third pillar idea as well. You know, when they were making that. No, I think just 2005. So, uh, so those were the ones that I those were the ones that I didn't really get that I kind of passed on. But but they're okay. I mean, I, I picked a couple of them up to play just for this. But uh, one game I did buy was uh, Ridge Racer, which I think this was this began the whole uh, thing where it's like let's put Ridge Racer on every game on every system when it comes out. Yeah, but uh, now the, if I remember, is this the one where the steering wheel appeared on the screen? Yeah, this this uh, oh. Ridge Racer used the thumb shoe, which we haven't <laughs> even which we haven't even gotten into yet. But uh, yeah, in in order to in order to imitate analog control, because for some reason the DS didn't have an analog thing on it. Which is weird because the PlayStation Portable did. It had an analog knob, but they didn't do it for the DS for whatever reason. But it kind of hurt them, so they would uh, they basically imitated it through the touchscreen. And every DS came with this strap that had like a little plastic thing that you put over your thumb, and you could use it. You could use it to aim in like Metroid Prime Hunters. You could use it to steer in Ridge Racer. You could use it to walk in Mario and Super Mario 64. There was also a Rayman 2 game that came out that used it as well for uh, for analog. So Was that a remake of, crazy. of Rayman 2? Yeah, that was a remake of the 64 game. And or, actually, yeah, the 3D one or whatever it yeah. was called. 
The and actually Ridge Racer is a remake of the sixty four game also. It's a remake of of Ridge Racer sixty four. They just uh you know made it a little bit brighter and you know redid the texture so it looks better because they don't have the filter thing. But that's why probably why it was one of the better launch games because it was a game that was already made and they kind of just ported it to DS. But that game was really fun. Like I had a lot of I had a lot of fun with it. I never played all the way through all the races, but I played about eighty percent through it and and unlike probably about eighty percent of the cars. And what's what's funny about that game is you know like in Mario Kart where you get to a certain point there's like mirror modes. You know, where, yeah. like, you turn left instead of right. Instead of mirror modes on this, there's reverse modes, where you where you race the, you do the race backwards <laughs> instead of mirror mode. I thought that was kind of funny. To where it just, you start, like, you heading in the opposite direction, you mean? Yeah, you just go the other way. <laughs> you just go backwards oh, okay. through the race. That is weird. So, like, you know, you're at the starting line, you 180 and then go the other way. And every, and you can see, cause all the, you can see all the arrows that are pointing where to go are pointing backwards now. I just thought that was funny. I'd never seen any game do that. But it's one of those games that actually, weirdly enough, like the, the whole touchscreen, um, you know, the touchscreen emulation of the, uh, analog stick actually works a lot better for that game than the, than the pad does. Like, I think I got the farthest, like, just using a stylus on the, on the steering wheel, just because it was a lot easier to turn, you know, cause I feel like every time I hit left or right on the control pad, I'd end up hitting the wall. It's a lot easier to, like, you know, add some finesse to the way you control the car by just using the touchscreen. So that's how I ended up playing most of that game, believe it or not. And it actually worked for the time. Do you do you still have your thumb shoe? I do not. Uh, well, you know what? I don't know. It might be on the thing. I'd have to look at it. I haven't seen that DS in a while. Yeah. I know it's still at my mom's house, and it's kept up in a nice little case. No one really ever uses it. <laughs> okay. Because they have, like, three other DSs. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it still has battery power. I, they seem to always have battery power. Like, whenever I open my old DS Lite, it still has battery power. You know, they seem to last. They last for so long. The uh, I, I actually ended up ordering a thumb shoe from from Nintendo because um, uh, I ordered it to play uh, Kid Icarus Uprising because I thought it might be easier to play with that. Because that game actually has, like, a virtual second thumbstick on it that's controlled by the touchscreen. So I tried using it on that, but it didn't, you know... It doesn't really work as well because it's not really designed for that, for the thumb shoe. It's more designed for a stylus. But I did... I re-bought one. You can buy them for, like, five bucks, something like that. You can get it for pretty cheap on Nintendo.com. I ended up buying one, and they sent it to me. So I kind of... Wow, they so still... I, you can still get them? Yeah, you can still get, get them. So I got, a, I got a new one later. I ended up using it on Kid, Kid Icarus Uprising, which, yeah, that game's a whole That's nother... Funny. That could be a whole nother episode. But, uh, yeah, a Ridge Racer was fun. That was one of the ones that I thought was better. You know, that was one that I actually, actually purchased. Of, of the, um, of the launch stuff I got, I got Ridge Racer. Yeah, out of, out of the launch games, I got, um, the ones that I got was, I, I got Spider-Man 2, I got Ridge Racer, I got Feel the Magic, and I got Super Mario 64 DS. And, uh, yeah, those ones were decent. Uh, Spider-Man 2 was made by the same guys who did Tony Hawk on Game Boy Advance, Vicarious Visions. So they had been used to trying to make 3D stuff for 2D, you know, for 2D type stuff. So that, that game came in, had came out off after the GameCube one was out, which that one was really cool. You know, that had like the full open world and all that. So they basically had to change it from that and make it more 2D. But they used like fully 3D backgrounds for it and it looked decent. It was just, uh, I don't know. I found the game. I found the game kind of not as fun to play because a lot of it was was like hunting down uh, hostages to rescue and 
and there was a time limit on most levels, which made it a little bit, I don't know, not as relaxing. And it really, really didn't live up to Spider-Man 2 on the GameCube for me. So it was, a, it was one that I got, but I don't think I ever played through it all the way. It was, it was okay. It had some like, had some like, uh, FMV, FMV at the beginning of it, like for the opening video. But as you get into the game, it's just like still shots of the FMV from the GameCube game. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It was definitely the, the downgraded version of that. But you could actually, there was actually a secret that you could get if you plugged in the Game Boy Advance uh, Spider-Man, the Menace of Mysterio game in the bottom. I think you get like an extra outfit or something like that for doing that, which is cool. There were a couple games where you could do that where you could plug in old Game Boy games and get and unlock stuff was a nice thing they just added on there but it, do, it does yeah. show off the graphical capability of the ds pretty well the game boy advance port was great for everything and everybody but the game boy advance it was mostly yeah, it was just mostly based around fetch, fetch quest levels and it wasn't you know it was, it was okay I, think I, I remember that game like you were saying it was fully polygonal but it wasn't but it's still side scrolling yeah it was uh the spider-man series didn't really fully shine on ds until the ultimate spider-man came out later which was a really really good game I thought that was that was my favorite Spider-Man experience on the DS. But yeah, my my two favorite games of the launch games were uh, Feel the Magic and uh, Super Mario 64 DS. Let's talk about Feel the Magic first. Like, did you get that game? Yeah, I bought it after the fact. I had already played your copy, um, but I bought it, you know, late 2005 when I finally got my Electric Blue DS. Oh yeah, yeah, you had the blue yeah. one. I had the blue one. I think I'm thinking back on it because. Um, it says online that it was packaged with Mario 64, but I don't. I didn't ever get that game, so I wonder if I bought this used from GameStop. I might have bought a used DS and might have got it for even cheaper. Oh, okay. Because that might have been why I, why I got it when I did. Because the price dropped right before the blue came out, right? Yeah. So it was so it was like 130 now instead of 150. So it might have been like more around 100 for you, maybe as used, right? I don't know how much the differences were, but. Yeah, I remember at the time I wasn't, I didn't have a whole lot of money, but I really, really wanted a DS, and I and like, I think there had been some hype around um, New Super Mario Brothers. Oh yeah, and that's and I definitely knew because of that tr- those trailers and stuff that I wanted a new three or that I wanted a DS. I want to say that I mean I, I didn't look it up, but didn't didn't New Super Mario Brothers didn't that come out in like two thousand five? Came out in two thousand six. Oh, two thousand six. Okay, I was gonna guess two thousand five. But yeah, Feel the Magic was a. Uh, I felt like it was exactly it, it. It basically it showed you exactly what the DS could be. You know, it was like this weird, this bizarre game with a bunch of touchscreen mini games. You know, just kind of uh, whereas like Spider Man or like or like Super Mario were games that were showing off the graphical capabilities of the system. This was kind of showing you what could be done with the touchscreen interface. And they had you know they had stuff involving the microphone and a lot of stuff like involving drawing on the touchscreen or tapping certain areas or there's even a part where you like type in numbers you know like like in a calculator calculator type thing and they definitely have you you played this game recently i just played it tonight yeah i played through i played i played through pretty much the whole game tonight before we started playing before we started uh podcasting it's silly it's really silly and it's like it's silly uh, but it's great and it's kind it's of supposed a little, to be semi-romantic yeah it, it, but it, kind of on a little bit of a creepy way also <laughs> it's kind of like a sort of perverse in that you know japanese sort of way it's it was stuff. being compared to uh the art style was like what was it target ads at the time before ipod, iPod started using those it, same sort of like oh sure oh yeah like the no because there's like no features like it they're silhouettes wearing clothes yeah it's like it an is. extreme cell shading almost yeah it's some of the animations like make it 
I, I don't think it is, but it looks like it's rotoscoped, like like the yeah. way the the way the characters move. You know, like they look so fluent that it looks like they, you know, actually like colored over actual footage, which I'm sure they didn't do because it's a video game. But like some of the you know some of the stuff, the mini games, like. I feel like the characters look move really well, maybe because they don't have any features on them and they look right. more lifelike like that. And there's actually a funny code on the game that did you know that if you switch the language to Japanese, the um, character in the main menu is not wearing clothes. <laughs> so that was no. funny. Yeah, if you switch it to Japanese, like the main the the female her her uh, top comes off, but she's all silhouette, so it's just a it's just a big shadow there. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Oh, well, I guess this game was released in a... So it's called Field of Magic XYXX for us. Yeah. It's called Kimino Tame Nara Shineru, which means I would die for you in Japanese. Oh, that then makes In Europe sense. and Australia, it was called Project Rub. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that. Because it had a sequel that came out called The Rub Rabbits, which I have that one yeah. also. Which that one incorporated uh, another girl that liked you that you didn't like that you had to run away from. <laughs> I remember that. And that one got a lot more edgier. There's a part where you have to, um, where you basically have to, like, you spend a, time, a lot of time, like, uh, closing pop-up windows on a, on a website. I thought that was funny. There's a, there, <laughs> there's a game based around that. And there's also a, a fairly edgy game on there where you, uh, where you touch the girl in the dark, where you kind of, like, you kind of, like, feel around in there, you know, which could wow. be a sexual game that they put on there. I thought that was interesting. Well, this one had the one where you take, where you take the buttons off of the dress when, uh, after you get, there's a part where you wash up on an island, and you yeah. have to and you have to take your dress off by tapping the buttons at a certain time. So there's yeah, like stuff like that, that that's kind of like, it, you know, it's weird but it's funny. I mean, I think it's super Japanese. I love that stuff. But it was yeah, it was the perfect game for me at the time. I probably I think I probably played that game more than any of the other games that came out for the DS. Like that was like my favorite game because there was like you know you unlocked like once you played the game you could get the game on Maniac mode. Where you would play it longer, you know, you would go like more rounds with less, uh, with with less lives. There was a painting game on there where you would like paint hearts and stuff, and you'd have to like dodge stuff falling from uh, various uh, windows above you. And um, if you get far enough into the maniac mode, you start painting pictures of Sonic, which I thought was pretty cool. That is cool. They, Sonic makes an appearance in there, so they do. You know, it was a Sega game, so they did. Uh, they did a little bit of that in the uh, in the instruction manual of it. There's a part. There's a part called microphone. Where you like basically yell, you like yell at the girl and try to get her to come over to you. And it's just a microphone. You can just blow in the microphone and she'll still come over. But in the book, it's like you can yell other things to her, like Sega and Sonic the Hedgehog, and she'll still come <laughs> over. I thought that was really funny. Sega. I, guess, I guess I didn't figure out at the time that it's just it's just reading noise. Like you could say anything and she'll still like come over to you. But yeah, that was a that was a fun, intriguing game, and I felt like they had, you know, they understood like what the DS was going to be, and this was like the perfect game to launch with it. You know, it's like uh, this is, you know, this is how we can use this, like to mini games, like much like, uh, you know, much like what you see later in the Wii. But I felt like it was a perfect fit for the system, and I yeah, like it was, uh, it was straight. It was strange, but anybody that got their hands on it would want to play it or at least watch someone play it. I think it was compelling because of how unique it was at the time. And it was really easy to play. Like, there, there was not really much explanation to it, you know? It was like, tap this, you know, do this. Like, there's no there's no buttons used. It's all ta- It's all touchscreen controlled. But it's not really... I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of confusion on how to play it. You could hand it to somebody, and they'd figure out what to do on it, you know? There's not really much explanation in the game. There'll be, like, maybe a couple words saying, like, do this. But, yeah, it's completely approachable. What I, what I found funny, like, when you turn on the game, I like how there's a warning that says... 
do not attempt to recreate any of the situations seen in this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it involves you like fighting off bulls for her, and uh, and uh, what is it? There's like uh, I know I know there's like there's like sailing, uh, there's like sailing and avoiding sharks, and and there's a part where you have to like we have to like flick scorpions off of her back, but not touch her. There's yeah. a part where you like hold her hand. There's another part where you have to wash her. Did did you? Uh, have you, I mean, when did you play this last? Did you did you uh, give it a go before we started? No, I haven't had a chance to play. I don't own it anymore. I wish I did. But, oh, I uh, thought you still had it. Need to find it. Uh, you can get it. You can get it for a couple bucks on eBay. I, I ac- bet it's cheap. I accidentally bought it before I realized that I still had it, and I ended up canceling it. But I think I got it. I think I got ordered mine off eBay for like four dollars, like complete, no shipping, uh, with a box. You know. I believe it. I mean, this, it. I, I remember seeing this game everywhere. I think they made a lot of copies of it. Well, I think it sold really well just because it was such a unique idea for such a unique system. I was it less? Was it like uh, a cheaper game? Maybe because is wasn't the DS when they started charging forty for games? Oh I, no, that was three DS. It was still it was still thirty for DS. I think. Really? I'm pretty sure. I, I feel like the jump was for three DS, or maybe or maybe not. I don't know. I thought I thought they were still thirty, or was it the jump between Game Boy Advance and and the ds i thought that's when the jump happened but i don't really have a way to prove that no i mean you're probably right if uh, if anybody you know write into nintendomain.podcast at gmail.com and let us know please so i put a thing on nintendo voice chat asking people to talk about their stories about getting the ds at launch uh jake king said there was a three-month wait for the aussie release compared to usa and japan which i remember i think they said that in an e3 thing that i watched yep. so he said he ended up ordering his from hong kong First thing he ever bought online. So he got a Chinese uh, DS. And which uh, DSs were region-free, right? I think they were, because you ordered a... Didn't you order a game from Japan to play on your DS? Yep. Yeah, they were region-free, so he could buy it from Hong Kong and still play English games on it. Our friend of the show, John uh, Knitter, he wrote in, said said he didn't didn't get his at launch, waited for Nintendogs, which he thought was the true launch of the system, which was that game was super uh, popular when it came out. Uh-huh. And uh, this, uh, he talks about... A, this is a... The story that I was involved in, actually, I remember when he got his DS, uh, I brought my DS over, and his roommate at the time had a DS, and we were all playing Medios, like, at his apartment. He was on the third floor, and we were playing the game on the on the balcony, and his uh, his roommate, like, was coughing while he was playing, and he actually dropped his 3DS from the third floor bl- balcony, and it hit the ground and split in half. Oh, my gosh. I was there for that. He, like, dropped his 3DS. Like, he dropped it. <laughs> like, we all had our own 3DS, and he broke his 3DS. And I was like, man, sorry, dude. But yeah, we were playing wow. Medios, and he uh, he coughed so hard that he dropped his 3DS and broke it. Did he get a new one? I, I don't know. I mean, he was a roommate that was only there for a little bit. I didn't really talk to him. That's much, heartbreaking. But, but uh, yeah, I was like, man. And that thing just completely broke in half. So we get to see uh, we get to see what happens when you separate the screens. We get to see the, the screen separation. <laughs> Once they're split up, I don't really think it's easy to get them back together again. Uh, probably not. Yeah, I'm sure the the hinges on that are pretty pretty hard to deal with. But yeah, it's uh you should totally get that game if you uh, if you want to you know relive some of the craziness. I was having a great time playing it earlier. I think it's really holds up like over the years. I'd want to check out the sequel because I don't think I ever played that one. A Rub Rabbits is great too. For some reason, I have two cases of it and one game. I don't know if I why I ended up with a. I have an empty Rub Rabbits box. I guess I could send it, sell it on eBay for like twenty bucks, like uh, like other people do on there. I don't think anybody would play that much for it, but I do see people selling empty boxes. But yeah, I have two boxes of it and one and only one copy of it. So I don't know if I lost one and bought another one or something. Actually, I think I might have lent it to somebody who lost it, and then they bought me a new version of it because they lost my version. I demanded a new one because you know 
I like that game. But yeah, there's there's extra stuff. You can uh, you can unlock you can unlock like outfits for the character and you can change, you know, you can like Barbie doll your your girl character on there and give her different haircuts and different swimsuits and boots and stuff like that from playing through the game. And there's like a heart level that you have to build up for each for each different section of games. Like if you beat one game, you'll get like uh, 45% and once you get to 100, you'll like see a cutscene and go on to the next part. It's bas- basically the way it works and every time you lose a level, your heart meter goes down. So you might have to play some games multiple times to get through if you if you lose enough lives to lose it completely. But yeah, but I think yeah, if you're playing on the uh, if you're playing on the like beginner difficulty, that's not going to even be an issue. Uh, I just bought it on eBay. Oh, was it? Did, is there is there a difficulty on it? Yeah, there's different difficulties. Oh, okay. Because uh, whatever I was playing on, I lost uh, I lost a couple times. Like some of the some of the levels are kind of hard. But I might be playing on a harder mode or on a normal mode. I don't know. I didn't look. I didn't look at what I was on. But I thought some of the some of the games are diff- more difficult. I just paid five forty four with shipping. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, it's it's totally worth it for that. We could do a feel the magic report after you, whenever you get that and uh, give it and give it a go. It's to- yeah. totally fun. Uh, there's a there's a dude there's a, a villain with a mohawk which you fight a few times. There's like a driving part where you drive around and scoop up rub rabbits and throw them at him. The oh, right, r- the villain was kind of like after the girl too, right? Yeah, I guess he had like a pompadour, if I remember. He had a mohawk. He's like a big guy a with, mohawk, a, with a with a green mohawk. with a green mohawk. And the and the rub rabbits are like this group of people that help that help people that help love relationships start or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they got their own game later because I think your character ends up becoming a rub rabbit in the second game, like the the dude does because he already has the girl, you know. So, so then what, he's so like, yeah, he... might as well go help other people get yeah. people. But he does have a he does have a girl that, that's after him that you have to avoid. I remember that in the second one. <laughs> but uh, let's get to I guess let's go to the main game that came out, the big Nintendo release for the DS. Last but not least, uh, a brand spanking new game. <laughs> sort of Super Mario sixty four DS. Yeah, it was new but not new. Did you end up getting this game? No, I, I don't have this. My brother has it. Oh, okay, he still has it. Um, I've thought about downloading it. Oh yeah, you can get it for ten dollars a couple Wii U. of times. I'm sure it'll look really good on the TV. I mean, <laughs> I mean the game, uh, the game looks pretty good for what it is. I mean, it looks better than the 64 game did. Which interestingly, like we were talking about before, with the um, with the you know how they had the filter for the 64 games, since the DS didn't have that, they actually went into the game and like made the textures look better, so the game would look sharper like when it came out. So they actually did go in and rework all the guys and made you know made Mario's like made his polygon look better and like made the enemies look better and all that. And they added stuff to the game. They added like 20 more stars. Like now you could play as you, you actually start the game as Yoshi, which is weird. And you have that to go, weird. you have to go find Mario, uh, Wario and Luigi are in there also as playable characters. And they all have their own like special secret levels that only they can access. And they all have different abilities that what they basically divided some of the stuff, like some of the stuff that Mario could do in 64, like, only like I think like the invisible and the the thing that makes you invisible, only Luigi can do that. And Mario and Wario he can break like bigger blocks with his with his fist because he's stronger. But they added stuff like that. And the uh, the coolest thing was you could unlock these uh, touch based mini games in the game, which they actually included in New Super Mario Brothers as well. Kind of like kind of like the in the Game Boy Advance where the way they did with Mario Brothers, they did that where they yep. recent released another game with those same games on there, and you can actually play against each other. You can play multiplayer from the new Super Mario Brothers one with Super Mario sixty four DS. So that's pretty cool. That was my favorite part about it. 
at the time when I played other people's copies. Yeah, no, that was really fun. Actually, that's probably one of the best things about it is playing like two player those uh, the touchscreen multiplayer games that they have there. That's really cool. Like I, I enjoyed that a lot. It's too bad you can't do that in some capacity on the Wii U version of it. You know, it'd be nice to be able to play that online. They should release that for well, they couldn't, I guess. If they could release that for the Switch in some way, that'd be really cool. But that's probably what I had the most fun with from that game was playing the mini games on multiplayer. They were cool too. They were a lot of fun. There was like a there were like card games and matching games and like a pachinko, I think, and like a yeah, there was and there was um there was like a love he loves me he loves me not game that you could play with Yoshi where you just pick the petals off a flower. Like I thought that one was really <laughs> funny. Yeah, there's a there's like a whole like card game where Luigi like deals cards out to you and Toad's in the background serving drinks like he's walking around with a with a platter of drinks. I thought that was really funny. Um, there's like uh, there's like a lot of stuff based on 64, obviously. I remember there's one where you have to draw trampolines to keep Mario jumping in the air. There's another one where you like redirect him so he can land on various enemies. There's like other ones using like a slingshot to fling like bombs and and other cannons and stuff like that, cannonballs. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff on there that ended up being really that, fun to play. Kind of like where Nintendo was just dumping all their tech demos, but yeah, it's still really cool. Yeah, no, they they totally did that. They were just uh, dumping their tech demos. I forgot to I forgot to mention that uh. I think Ridge Racer was the only game that had a download play on it where you could actually play multiplayer with only one card. Oh, speaking of that, because wow. that was a thing. I mean, you could do it. You could do it on uh, Super Mario Su- or Mario Kart Super Circuit. You could do that. You could do download play for Game Boy Advance. I remember we used to do it where you would uh, connect the links and you would only have to have yeah. one game. So they had done that before. But as far as like wireless download play, I think Ridge Racer was the first game to do that, which is pretty cool. So Mario 64 DS didn't do that? No, you had to have you had to have a, two copies of Super Mario sixty four DS. Oh, now did that have two player mode in it? Um, the actual adventure? I don't think so. Okay, the two player was just the mini games. Oh no, maybe it did. It might it might have had a two player. All I the only multiplayer I played was the no, it did. It it did have a two player thing also, but because I played that a little bit. But what I had the most fun with was the touch based games that were on there. Wow, that'd be interesting to check out. I've never played the adventure mode two-player. Yeah, I think it was... Uh, I don't think it was, like, the full game two-player. I think there was, like, a smaller version of that that you could play where you'd okay. walk around and get stars or kill guys or something like that. I very vaguely remember playing it. I only have one... I mean, I only have one copy of Super Mario 64 DS right now, so I couldn't really do it. And a funny thing about my Super Mario 64 DS, like, I got it, I got it for Christmas, like, you know, with my DS, and I ended up selling it because I wasn't really a huge fan of it. But I ended up buying it again later on the 3DS, so I could play it with sort of analog control because you can use the you can use the um, you know the analog on the 3DS to play it, and it does feel a lot better like that. So if you so if you got it on the Wii U and played it with the analog con- trigger or controller, the it sound it feels a little bit more like analog. Even though you still have to hold Y to run, it feels a little bit better than using the pad to do that. You know. And we didn't even mention about uh well we mentioned it earlier in other games but yeah this one had a this one had a virtual analog with the touchscreen and the nub and all that which was supposed to be the way to play it but now now I just go back to the you know control pad Y version I think that's a little bit easier to do mm-hmm. but it's, it was so weird it was so weird at the time for them to release a game that was so focused on analog control and have it not have analog control. You know, that was a really strange choice. I mean, I guess they wanted to show how good the graphics could be, but taking the analog no, out of it strange, was really yeah. 
was really a so weird way to go about it. That's what sold the analog control in the first place on the 64 was Mario yeah. 64. Well, they built that whole game around that controller. They probably or they probably yeah. designed that controller to play that game. You know, that's how Nintendo normally yeah. works like that. And uh, and that introduced everybody to analog. And now it's like, okay, here it is again, but without the analog, without the true analog. And it just felt like a just weird, weird uh, way to go about it. Definitely a missed opportunity, I guess, or just a miss in general for that game because that game is really really cool and it kind of i guess that it sort of made it so super mario 64 couldn't come out on 3ds later now that 3ds had an analog you know which kind of sucks because i always wanted that game to be fully portable like in the original version and i guess we'll probably get it in some way for the switch yeah but it sucks that we had to wait so long it should have been available for 3ds you know they made other 64 games on there but it also like gave the idea that it was like, oh yeah, we can get sixty-four quality type games on here. Even though I think that was well, th- that was the only one from Nintendo that was ported on there to straight up DS. So the DS came out in North America before it came out in Japan. It did? Yeah, it came out uh, not a whole lot, like two weeks, about two weeks before. Oh, interesting. Not even quite two weeks. Let's see, it was 10, like 12 days earlier. Yeah, like a week and a half. About. Is there uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about the 3DS? That's or About the DS? Or the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than talking about... Thinking of better know, things. But more about like the, the later hardware iterations. I mean, we don't really have to do that other than just to say that you know this thing. This thing, I think, was not even just revolutionary in the handheld sense. I think it paved the way for the Wii for that more experimental strategy and whatever you want to call it—the blue ocean, where you're like creating yeah. a new audience or you're you're harvesting an audience that wasn't that didn't exist yet or whatever they say. Yeah, well, I they, mean, once you once they that I don't think you see on like the 3DS, for instance. I don't think you've seen as much of a a push towards the casual gamer like the the ds had a lot more software on it that was more for like casual gaming i think yeah it even had like interactive cookbooks and stuff like that that you don't see on the 3ds as much well the 3d i mean the 3ds did launch with nintendogs plus cats but i think that by the time that came out a second time nobody really cared anymore so they had to so they had to kind of go for a different approach but yeah, the DS definitely was, you're right, it was the beginning of that Wii type of mentality where it's like, let's try to make a game more for everyone, not necessarily for gamers. And you had stuff like Brain Age, which was a really big, which was really popular because it just involved writing, which everybody knew how to do, you know, writing and just picking certain things. And yeah, and there, were, and there were cookbooks and there was the Nintendogs. And I think Nintendogs was really what, you know, what really got it going, as John was saying. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And I mean, and then eventually, like, like Brain Age and games like that got casual people playing for the yeah to feel like they were expanding their mind or whatever. Yeah, Nintendogs was like the breakout game. But then you had, but then you had stuff like, you know, then you had like stuff like Professor Layton and uh, Phoenix Wright and you know stuff that like that that came down the road that was more like adventure puzzle type stuff. And then eventually with the DSI, you even got like even smaller like download games that were just like. What like even just like calendars and P 
PDAs and, and calculators. Uh, alarm clocks and yeah, <laughs> yeah. calculators, calculators, and, uh-huh. yeah, Animal Crossing based alarm clocks and stuff like that that you could buy for you know five dollars or I think a lot of them were pretty overpriced, but yeah, that's what came came down the way. I never uh, was a was the DSI DSIware was was that pre WiiWare was that post WiiWare? Uh, no, it was post WiiWare. DSIware was. I think so because the DSI came out in 2009 and the Wii had already been around for a few a couple of years at that point. Oh, okay, yeah, cuz we we were was like right out the gate. I wasn't I wasn't sure, but yeah, the yeah, DSI where it came around later. It was it was the second eShop. We'll say that. Yeah, which you can still you can still buy DSI where stuff. I actually bought a I actually bought a Dragon Quest game that was on there that I didn't know about. There's a turn-based strategy Dragon Quest game on DSI where called Dragon Quest Wars. <laughs> so I is it I, fun? I, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I purchased it just because I'm a Dragon Quest addict, and I just try to get everything that I can of theirs. But, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's... I do have a DSi that doesn't work for anything but download games. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't put cartridges into it. Yeah, I think you... Yeah, so you can get uh, yeah, you can get some of the original Game Boy Advance stuff on there. Or I could just get it on my 3DS. Yeah, so just get it on your 3DS. That's where you can get it. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I'm. Sh- I'm wondering. I guess some of that stuff probably won't carry over. No, why would it? You know, the WiiWare stuff didn't carry over really. Yeah, we didn't really talk about it, but the the DS did at one point get a web browser, which it, you know may not seem like that big of a deal, but which I never this once used, again kind of predates like yeah. comfortably using the internet on your phone. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. No, it it was because this was in pre smartphone era when the when the DS came around. And I remember playing the, I, like, I was really excited about Mario Kart, you know, because that was, like, their full-on internet, you know, their full-on foray into internet, or foray into yeah. internet. And was it uh, Hunters? Was that the first one with voice chat? I Maybe. I think it was, because I remember... Because I, re- I remember talking to you... Yeah, we used it on, and voice chatted on it. On, on it, and it was just, like... I was pretty floored by how clear it was. It was yeah. like I was talking to you on the phone, really. You know, yeah, you kind can... of the experience we're going to get with the switch, I think. But yeah, but hopefully it, it's it's. I mean, that was the same thing. You could only talk in lobbies. You couldn't talk while you're actually playing. Yeah. Even though some of the, I, I don't know if it was before or after, but the the Pokemon games had voice chat in them too. The DS ones did. I think Pearl did and Pearl and Diamond because they made a they actually made like a headset thing that plugged into the bottom of the DS that you could talk into which is crazy. Oh we do, we also didn't talk about that weird controller. I don't think it ever was released here but do you remember that it was that game where you were like a magnet or something and you set your uh DS on the table and you like slid it around. Oh no, I did I didn't hear of that. Oh, it never was released here. I think it was a Japanese exclusive yeah. game but it was a weird, like, peripheral that was essentially like an optical mouse that you attached to your DS, and then you slid the whole system around to to control within the game. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I I believe that that stuff would happen. <laughs> yeah, well, there's yeah. a lot of weird stuff that we we well, maybe the, even if we saw it, we didn't care about it and get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the DS had uh yeah the DS had all different stuff. I mean, it had the Poke Walker too. Like where you could plug it in, it would count your steps and all that with the with the DS Pokemon versions. It also had an eight year life, essentially. Yeah, it was, um, great, it was a great. Well, system. no, it was a 2011 that the 3DS came out. I thought it was 12. I think it is. I thought it was 2012, but I might be wrong. Um, but needless to say, I mean, the DS, even though it, you know, it, kept, it just like with the the DS or the 3DS XL, the 3DS, new 3DS, and all that, like. 
there are a lot of different iterations of it, but it, it dominated the handheld scene. Like it, it didn't really. Uh, yeah, it came out. Yeah, in 2011, March of 2011, when the 3DS came out in North America. Okay. So it had you know a seven year life, right? Or a six and a half year life. Well, I mean it. It's still going. And the play, the <laughs> PSP came and went. Yeah, the PSP came and went. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of people thought because it was graphically superior in a lot of ways that it would beat out the uh, DS, but of course it did not. Yeah, that was the whole thing when the PSP. I mean, the PSP came out around the same time as the DS, and everybody was like, "Oh, the PSP, it's so powerful. It's gonna like bury Nintendo because Nintendo was always the king of handhelds," and it didn't. And I kind of said the same thing with Vita, and it didn't either. But they kind of screwed themselves over with Vita. But the PSP, they sort of did too, because they used like a disc base. Uh, they used like discs for it, so it, you know, had loading time issues. And for something that's portable, it should you should be able to, you know, it should be fast. You should be able to play it and with like no, you know, no loading time or anything. You should be able to turn it on, play it for like five to ten minutes, and then turn it off. You know, and a lot of games for the DS, that's how they worked. You know. Same even with like Super Mario sixty four, it could work like that. You know, you go get a couple stars, and then you're then you're at the end of your bus ride, and you're good. Time to go to work. You know, so why they ultimately <laughs> defeated that? And it folded up nice and neat. And the screen was protected. Yeah, that was the best thing ever. The whole clamshell pop thing. into sleep and, mode. Yeah, you could either, you could just shut it. It would go straight to sleep mode. It would automatically pause no matter where you were at. That was like my favorite thing. You could close the Game Boy Advance, but it never actually shut off like that. No. Nope. So that was a major that was a major thing for the DS. But yeah, it had a it had a lot of stuff. I mean, it's yeah, it ended up having. A, huge library bigger library than 3ds even though the 3ds has a big library but yeah the ds the ds was really good lots lots of good rpgs and uh and th- i remember there were a lot of games that had never been on nintendo consoles before which came to ds like there was like an age of empires game for ds which i was like what like there was like a turn-based uh there was like a turn-based uh, strategy thing instead of like the real-time strategy like interesting stuff like that like it was popular enough that people were trying new ideas with it which is always cool i, mean, I think it's pretty nice that even with the uh because you know, over over time, with the different iterations of the different systems, we lose different elements of backwards compatibility. But even on the newest model of the 3DS, you can still play DS games. You can. So that's pretty sweet. But because of the similarity in size of the cartridges, I mean, they're pretty much of the exact same size. They just have one of them has like a little fin on it. Yeah. Um, because of that, they really didn't have any need to get rid of backwards compatibility. I think maybe that's the reason. I don't know, but. It's great that you can play uh, games from 2004 on a system, you know, what, 13 years later almost? Yeah, yeah, you can you can play 2004 games on your system now in 2017. Which so that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's totally cool, for sure. Well, uh, but yeah, I mean, we could probably ramble on about the DS a lot because it had we could I wanted quite, to... quite a lot of influence, and sure. we're going to see even more elements of it of it in the Switch, I think. Well, we we can do more DS stuff in the future. I kind of wanted this one to be a little bit more based on the on the launch of it, just as cool. we, as we just as we come up to the launch of the Switch. But I think we're good on this on this episode right now. All if you, right. If you unless there's something in particular you want to say before we before we sign off here, not really. All right. Well, we've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Jerry Mikowski. And uh, this has been episode 56. You can email us, as I said before, nintendomain.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, nintendomainpodcast.com is our website. Uh, you can find us at Facebook slash Nintendo Main, or you can find videos at YouTube slash Fingmater. 
we'll be back next week to talk about the Switch when we actually get to go hands-on on it. Hands-on with it at Nintendo's event in Chicago, so that'll be cool. Make Maybe sure. we'll have some multimedia for you, too. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some videos up on the YouTube site for that as well. But uh, until then, you know, uh, rate us rate us on iTunes and tell our fr- tell your friends, and thanks for listening. See you next thanks time. Thanks a lot. Ridge Racer! Ridge Racer! Ridge Racer!